live from Cape Town. This is the voice of the Cape. The voice of the Cape. The voice of the Cape. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Welcome back to Education in Daba on 91.3 FM Stereo. I'm Yos Mahdi Mama, the side of the microphone. Now, so as all that technology begins a role spiel and by school. And there a recent announcement by the Gauteng Provincial Government to initiate a paperless classroom project as well as the Western Cape government's commitment to spend 1.2 billion rand to implement e-learning in 1,250 local schools is a significant step towards bridging the education gap in South Africa. Gepraat van technologie, ek het op die lijn natuurlijk iemand uh, uh, met die naam, en dit is natuurlijk meneer Ethel Wesselink, he is a chief technical engineer at OpenWeb and he's here to answer a few questions and I'm going to make certain he's online and I'm certain there's a lot to learn. Remember the SMS line 47913 or you can phone, I'm certain, 021-44-23530. But let me check and see whether Mr. Athol Vesselink is online. Are you there, sir? Salam Salam, Dice no lekas a man sukan prada fulexuma and nevat no sos any cap. Thank you very much for letting me into your space and also if you're listening at home, thanks very much for letting me into your space on the Sunday evening. Meneer Ethel, ek sien hier sy paar vraagies wat neergesit is aan hier in Engelsen, the need for e-learning in South African schools, and I'm certain ons kan het mengels noem ek, ons kan soma mix ma, en a bykie Afrikaans, a bykie het hange van e natuurlijk, and uh, also I have your benefits of e-learning to educators and learners, so sir, welcome to the airwaves of Voice of the Cape, and let's laat ons ma soma begin. Um, well, thank you very much for having me. Um, I'm from Durban, so I don't get that much uh, chance to speak Afrikaans. So I'm, <laughs> I'm a little nervous and I may fall over my words. So if it's okay with you guys, uh, if I can carry on English, I'll be very No very problem, sir. If you want to tata isi kozo isi zulu, no problem. Yes, thank you very much for having me. Anyway, um, yeah, so, so if I can jump straight in, you know. Yes. Um, uh, Open Web, we're, we're an internet broadband reseller, so we provide connectivity. Um, and if I can start off just with a quote, uh, and this quote was, was uh, basically delivered by Albert Einstein many, many years ago. And he said that a definition of insanity is doing the same things over and over again and expecting a different result each time. Uh, and that's really the same way is, is what we'd like to pre- uh, approach education with, is is that you know, the way we're educating our children at the moment is the same that we were the same way that we were doing in, in Victoria, England, a couple of hundred years ago. So let's even go back a hundred years ago. So you've got a whole lot of children in a classroom, and the teacher delivers knowledge, and the kids pick it up, and, and that. But times have moved on, you know. And, and in some classes, there aren't thirty children; there's fifty. And you know, if you go back a hundred years in Victoria, England, there wasn't the internet. So 
you know, we've got to make the way we educate our children or the way they learn uh, relevant for where they are in in, uh, in these times. So, so that's really the departure point from from an open web perspective. And I mean, we obviously wholeheartedly endorse uh, the different departments' initiatives to go and and, and look at the way we, we're teaching our children and and if they do it more of a different way and make it more relevant to the times that we're living in. So, Athol, as you're suggesting now, I mean, with regard to open web, first, if it's possible, well, kindly explain to the listeners this open web concept, the nationwide internet service that you offer. Are you people a, a service provider? Yeah, we, we're a service provider, but not in the traditional sense of the word. So we just provide connectivity. We don't do hosting or any of that kind of stuff. Uh, we, we put our trust against um, uh, basically connectivity. So it's broadband connectivity, ADSL, um, soon optic fiber, things like Wi-Fi, uh, and also uh, we're looking at cloud hosting. So, uh, you know, traditionally you've got a server and, and that's on the internet and stuff. Now, instead of having that, we've got these data centers all over the country, uh, which we've invested in, which gives people the opportunity to host the entire office infrastructure. So it's just not, it's not like a website anymore. It's hosting everything that you need uh, on, a, on a data center, which mitigates things like uh, damage, uh, loss of data, uh, you know, guys wandering and steal your computers and all that sort of stuff. All that becomes uh, a non-issue. Um, and just recently, I mean, I, I think we've got one server in the field um, that we, we've got some clients on, which we, by the end of this month, we would have switched off completely. And that means that our entire business runs without having, without owning a single piece of hardware. Uh, and when I say a piece of hardware, I mean a server or any of that kind of stuff. It's all hosted in these data centers of ours. And then we've got backup, you know. So, for example, if, if our entire three data centers fall over or something terrible happens, uh, we then port it to um, Amazon Web Services, and we can also go to Microsoft Azure in America as well. So, um, you know, that's really who we are. We, we're all about connectivity and, and all about connecting people. So if I give you this example, you know, if you look at the computer that you're looking at at the moment, um, it's an amazing device, you know, but it became really amazing when you connected it to other computers. And what we're all about is that connection. And, and it's the same sort of analogy for people, you know. People are great by themselves, but as soon as they join and they connect with each other, they become that much greater. Ethel, tell me, so where do you operate from, first of all? You are not, are you in Durban? Is that what you're saying to me? Yeah, I'm based in Durban. I, I, the, the lifestyle agrees with me. I love the climate. I'm a Durban boy, sort of, uh, not not born, but certainly bred here through, through, the, uh, through my life. So I, I live in Durban, but we operate nationally. So, you know, you can jump onto our website. It's openweb.co.za, um, and then you can have a look at what we offer and, and the different packages that are available there. So, um, yeah, Durban's a lovely place. Um, the Cape Town is as lovely. Um, oh, that's, that's, you know, we're a national company that... Mm. That, and I just choose to live in Ethel, tell me now, what's the benefit when it comes to e-learning to educators? Because, you know, we do have a problem when it comes to higher education, even at tertiary level, but I suppose we're talking about schools now. And and my, well, my thing in me about this whole thing is that won't it uh, take away some of the other qualities that is expected from students? Van kijk, as hulle nou elektronische apparaten if they're going to use that, then aren't they losing out of some of the expected qualities that they would have benefited from in the long term? Yeah, it depends how you look at it. You know, 
Um, to be able to use a computer, you, you need to read. Mm-hmm. You need to be able to write. Right. And you obviously, you've got to type and, and be able to count. So the core structures that are required for learning are still the same. And, and you know, it's not something that you can suddenly say, oh, we're going to chuck out all the traditional ways of doing things and, and then just all give all the children tablets. It's, it's not about that at all. It's about using these as a different tool in, in the learning process. So there's two ways to look at learning in a way. It's, it's, is it teaching or is it learning? We prefer the latter. We prefer to think that when, when children go into a classroom situation, they, they're learning. And then, you know, it's, it's, a, it's not a new theory. I mean, there, there are a couple of people like Rudolf Steiner and um, a lady called Maria Montessori who founded the Montessori concept of schools. And what she said is that if you create an environment that stimulates learning and, and you leave to them, they'll, they'll get to certain milestones, they'll learn things on their own. Uh, and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm lucky that I, I kind of live this thing because I've got three children and all of our, my children went to Montessori school. And it was amazing to see the way that, that they, they picked things up. So, you know, it wasn't like today we're going to do geography. I want you all to learn that. It's, it's not that at all. It's like let's create an environment and let's say, okay, well, let's have a look today. We're going to go look at the beach. Let's see what that looks Let's see what a high tide and low tide looks like. And then that's the way you sort of get to, to, to grapple with concepts like geography and all those kind of things. But in a way, I'm getting a little ahead of myself. What we really say um, is that, you know, in South Africa, as you identified, we've got some very, really deep and profound problems relating to, to education. And we've got, depending who you ask, it's between 28 and 31% of our population in 2012 were under the age of 15. Now, that's a very staggering statistic, and that means that there's a whole load of young minds that are thirsty for knowledge that we're not going to get to if we keep on doing the education, uh, we, we keep delivering education the way we are. Uh, and, you know, it's, again, it's a transitional point, um, but the point is we've, someone's got to start somewhere. I mean, the government guys are trying their best. They're doing what they are doing, but they've been doing the same thing that has been happening for the last 100 years. And I mean, there's a, there's a great concept. Um, it's a guy in India called... Um, Professor Sugata Mitra, um, and he founded a concept called the School in the Cloud. Now, the School in the Cloud is really interesting. What it is is that um, you've got like a, a moderator or a mentor, and it's a person who can be online. They don't physically have to be there. You've got 10 or 12 children in the school in a classroom situation. Um, they've got a computer, and that's connected to a broadband connection. And the School in the Cloud, the moderator gives those children questions, and then amongst the the kids themselves, they work it out, and then they start using the computer to, to answer them. So, you know, if you think about it, to find anything out in our world today, all you're going to be able to do is operate a computer, have a broadband connection, be able to read and write, and use Google. And you'll find out whatever you need to know. So, uh, so what, question, oh, oh, no, no, you carry on, sorry. No, you carry on, you carry on. No, no, no. What I want to know is, look, if you look at the internet, it is knowledge-based. And within the classroom situation, you have the teacher. That, of course, means that the teacher will have to do a preparation for this. And it must be done uh, electronically, isn't it, sir? So? Well, you see, that's, that is true. But think about it this way. Let's say, for example, well, let me start with the premise that you can only pass on something that you have. Right. But let's say I'm a teacher and my English literature or my knowledge about a certain book isn't good. And let's use something like, uh, what can we use? George Orwell's 1984. 
Okay. Uh, it's a very profound book. So the concept mm-hmm. that Big Brother came out of that book. So let's say mm-hmm. I'm not that good on this book. So what I do is I go on the internet and I find some resource material that's been posted on YouTube. That's, you know, it's all free. It's all there. And there's someone who's an expert on George Orwell and 1984. And what you do is you then incorporate what that expert's done in my lesson plan. So it's, it's not a case of... And what happens is the, the, the books themselves become um, a kind of a living portal. So there's, there's normal text, as we have in textbooks. Uh, there's multimedia ingredients, which are of, of videos. And there could be audio as well. And all of this gets put into a form which, which engages the learner. So suddenly, you know, you've got a world expert on George Orwell's 1984 delivering the essence of what George Orwell, they believe George Orwell meant. Um, the teacher, of course, on the ground is still very necessary because at the end of the day, you know, you may have 30 or 40 kids in the class, and what you've got to do is you've got to make sure that all of these children kind of work together to their full potential to get this. So some guys may, may get it really quickly, other guys may struggle a little bit, and that's the essence of teaching because it takes away uh, the teacher being on a kind of a stage, delivering this kind of lecture, almost like a sermon to these, to these young guys, whereas uh, this could be done via a video presentation, as I said, uh, and then the teacher can be engaged with actually helping people in a more personal level. So what it does is it just elevates the whole experience for everybody. Um, I also want to, I'm thinking now, what about poetry? I mean, you can analyze the poem, look, maybe use a certain method, and to sense what is being said by the poet. But my, my thing is, what about the reading and the enjoyment of that particular piece of work? Yeah, of course. I mean, you know, there's many, many different ways you can look at it. Um, the other thing that I'm also I'm not advocating for a second is that we do away with books. I mean, there is still something amazing about the tactility of having a book and, and going through a book page by page, you know, so I'm not saying let's close the libraries down. I'm, all I'm saying is, look, let's get with the program, let's get into the, the 2015s, and, um, and and let's use the resources that we have at, at our disposal to improve the thing. I mean, if you consider that, um, you know, there's there's always a whole issue towards the end of the year about papers not being delivered on time. Uh, when I say papers, I mean exam papers. Exam papers, uh, yes. And there's, there's the potential for those papers to fall into hands of unscrupulous people who'd want to sell them. Uh, there's, there's all of those kind of things. So let's say at the end of the day, you're getting ready for your, to sit your, your matric final exam, and you're going to sit the, the paper, and you sit down in front of your computer, and you get a randomized selection of questions, and you answer those questions. The minute you've finished with answering those questions, your score is available. You know, so it takes away the whole concept of marking because there's certain issues. And then we can do that with computers. You know, it's, it's, a, it's a means to understand the essence of what someone's answered. And if it's multiple choice, it makes it even easier. And, you know, it does away with, with all the, the sort of owners, laborious tasks to marking papers and stuff. And again, you're not going to be able to do it for everything. But the point is we can use our teachers best in certain areas. And, you know, for example, I mean, what I'm getting at here is, is humans are very great at doing creative things. Um, and an enemy of creativity is doing the same mundane things over and over again. So let the computers do the mundane things. They can surely mark and gauge a multiple choice question and, and put out a result at the end of the day. And, you know, in that, in that school, you've got the results. Uh, the, the learners know immediately where they stand. And if, for example, they need to brush up on a certain element, uh, you know, email can be sent to the teacher saying, 
Uh, Apple wasn't that good on, on this. He needs to be a, he needs some more specialist intervention. Yeah, let's let's get that intervention done to him. And it just helps everyone along because again, I go back to that statistic that I delivered a, a, a couple of minutes ago, and basically we're dealing with the fact that we between 21, uh, sorry, between 28 and 31 percent of our population two years ago was under the age of 15. So we've got a problem. What are we going to do with these people? You can't just you know if we leave them. The whole sociological issue that we deal with in terms of um, crime um, and all those kind of things just perpetuates. So someone has to do something, you know. Um, but uh, uh, with regard to this entire thing, I want you to think about it. Uh, isn't it very expensive to have all this uh, equipment within the school and also risky seeing that the climate that uh, what we're living in in South Africa today is uh, this crime all over the show. But before I can go there, um, Ethel, I just want to tell you that the drill is of course we go for a commercial break and then when we come back just hang in there and don't run away we need those answers from you okay i'm very comfortable you guys you guys go to the, the break and i'll catch you afterwards okay thank you live from cape town this is the voice of the cape the voice of the cape the voice of the cape Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Good evening. Khuyanant, Malwani, Wamkili Keli. I'm Yawis Mahdi Mohammed, this side of the microphone. And online I have with me Ethel Veselink, Chief Technical Engineer at OpenWeb. It is a nationwide internet service provider. And he says that we can, because of the poor education outcomes, it can be remedied by the implementation of e-learning which will hopefully see all public schools connected to the internet that is what he says and he's of course listening on the other side and he said businesses and everything it is fast it is reliable and it is affordable is that true uh, Ethel are you still on the other side indeed I'm still with you um, yeah definitely well Let's first look at the infrastructure that, that exists. Well, um, you know, broadband connectivity can get delivered over a couple of different methods. Um, the, the most commonly used in South Africa is um, ADSL, um, and that wherever you can get telecom copper infrastructure, you can you can receive um, you can receive broad, ADSL broadband. Um, there's also you may have noticed um, as you're driving around your your, your suburbs and, and town. Um, over the last couple of years, there's been a lot of guys digging up the pavements, and there's a lot of these big rolls of cables, which are either orange, blue, or green, being put into the, the ground. That's fiber optic cable, um, which which is obviously a, a very new technology, um, well, a lot newer than copper, actually. And, um, you know, that's even foster broadband technology, which has been rolled out. Now, that's pretty new, and it's still, it's still going to take some some time to sort of permeate into our landscape. But it is. Day by day, the guys are working to, towards it. So... You know, the infrastructure is being improved and expanded. And, again, the point of entry to all of this, you know, it's not cheap, but at the same time, um, it, it, it's really a matter of random sense at the end of the day. You know, you may have a traditional way of um, producing however many tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of textbooks, and they last a, a couple of years. They have to be revised and rewritten. And um, you have to deliver those to the schools. And there's obviously all the... You know, the green elements are all relating to that. So, you know, books, paper, 
paper comes from trees, so you know there's this whole issue about chopping down trees. So that's quite a high footprint, carbon footprint that that books occupy. So you know if you weigh that up against the fact that you can make textbooks available um, for download on the internet, you know every time you need to rewrite or add something to the textbook, you do it, and it's available immediately. There's no trees or carbon footprint or any of that kind of stuff uh, in the way. So yeah. Um, Ethel, I just want to ask you this. If you look at the infrastructure with regard to technology at some of our schools, you do find that some is way ahead and others are behind. That is number one at public schools in our urban areas. Uh, what about your rural areas? Are you, if, if you look at this uh, whole concept of open web, will it be uh, within, uh, how long do you think will it take for them to reach uh, um, the rural areas? Again, the, the thing with this solution, it's not a kind of a one-size-fits-all. It's a kind of a blended solution. So you are going to use different elements of broadband technology to get to people. But then there's some other ideas which you can also employ. So, for example, we've got um, yeah, satellite coverage throughout the sub-Saharan Africa, and that's by, you know, there's, there's analog satellite characters, carriers and digital ones. Right. And then there's still the traditional TV stations. So, for example, you've got... All these stations that have, that have uh, got a public broadcaster mandate and those guys are required to, you know, serve the public interest. Well, that's good and well putting soap operas for people, uh, you know, to watch. But at the end of the day, uh, I would say that the public interest of educating our children is far more important than putting out mindless soap operas, you know. So my, my suggestion here is, like, chuck a rubbish off the TV, put something useful on, dedicate an entire channel to learning, and then the children in rural schools will have access to, to, um, to a different way of learning. Are you, you saying know, to me, at Ethel, are you saying to me that the Department of Basic uh, Education is on board? No, I'm not saying that at all. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm saying that this is a solution that the, that the guys have to look at to, to sort the problem out. Um, you know, and again, I mean, I'm, I live in a, an urban area. I'm lucky my children go to a school that, um, that has all these amenities, but... If I drive uh, three or five, four kilometres sort of west from where I am, there's schools that don't have these amenities. So the point is, and, and I go back to my initial statement, is that to, to remedy the, the issue that we have in education, we have to approach it a different way. And there's, it's going to require some out-of-the-box thinking, and um, it's going to require a blended solution to, to fix all this sort of stuff up. You say, uh, uh, Ethel, you say, sorry to butt in, the use of technology to support education will not only enhance pupils' access to quality tutorials and learning material, but will also develop their digital savvy and computer literacy. That's exactly what we're saying. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, if you extend that, so, you know... Um, Let's extend that a little bit and see what that actually means. So if you're going to do this thing, so you, you need to roll out connectivity to schools and, and sort of community centers where, where there's a higher sort of level of, of people that are around. So schools are an obvious one. The other thing could be clinics. You know, you could put out um, a sort of digitalized or broadband, eyes, if you can call that a word, um, clinics. And basically what happens with these guys is that you then change, the, you have the potential to change the face of healthcare. And why do you add it? Why don't you change the whole face of our democracy? Um, you know, that's a whole other angle that we can look at. It may be a little bit beyond what we're saying, but I'll give it to you in a, in a nutshell. If you go to Kharteng, um, people are very unhappy about the fact that they've, they've got this whole e-tolling thing that happens. 
But in reality, if you unpack that, let's have a look what happened. Well, the, the level of traffic increased. The roads couldn't sustain that. They needed to be expanded and improved. And that money had to come from somewhere. What the people resented was the fact that they were told or a certain method of paying was enforced on them. Now, in a true democratic society, what you would have done is you would have said to the people, well, there's three or four or however many different ways to look at how we're going to pay for the roads. You have to pay for them. Someone's got to sort them out, and you will benefit from them. So it could be, for example, a fuel levy, the e-tolling, and there could be a two or three other methods. And then the simple thing is that if everyone was all connected, and, you know, we're working on it day by day, more and more people are getting connected to the Internet. You could have a, a simple ID system. People could vote for the system that they would like. And at the end of the day, uh, the administration can say, well, the greatest consensus said we'd like uh, a pitch or we'd, like, we'd favor the e-totting. But I mean, no one can say anything. Everyone's happy. And I mean, that's the true essence of democracy. But when people start hiding behind folk and dating things and, you know, there's a secret votes in Parliament and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, Parliament itself is a bit of a joke because half the people are sleeping, other people are apathetic, and some of them don't even know what's going on. So the reality that we sit with is, again, we, we've got a, a country that needs help. Um, you can't have a situation where um, the elected voting certain area, uh, certain political parties, and then nothing happens. You know, and that's unfortunately the, the, the failing of democracy as we know it. Um, and it's not just South Africa; it's throughout the world. You know, the minute guys get into power, it becomes all about staying in power and not fulfilling, fulfilling their mandate to make a better, better life for the people that elected them in the first place. Um, so if you backtrack that to the schools, it all starts with the school. If you know, if we could. Basically, yeah, I mean, I've, I've loaded the point. <laughs> okay. Uh, um, Ethel, just uh, one thing. I'll have to go for ads quickly again, and then I'll come back to you, okay? Sure. Okay, my friend. This is the voice of the K. The voice of the K. The voice of the K. Welcome back. Assalamu alaikum. I'm Yos Mahdi Mohammed, the side of the microphone. We are talking to Ethel Veselink about Open Web, a nationwide internet service provider. And they say, in addition to many benefits, Veselink explains the internet connectivity allows people to conduct their own research and, of course, also encourages independence. Looking at this, Ethel, I'm certain you're still there. Yes, I am. Thank you. Ethel, what about, now I'm going to just to, 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 to ask you something about no generators and uh, what about an outage if it takes place? Uh, well, you see, that's, that, is, that is a fairly big spanner in the works. Um, yeah, computers and, and uh, the internet doesn't work well without electricity. So, you know, I mean, we face the same problems. Um, that South Africa faces as a whole. And in fact, it's, not, it's actually not even unique to South Africa. There's, there's power issues throughout Africa. I mean, a colleague of mine has just spent a couple of weeks in Nigeria doing some work up there, and um, also actually in the broadcast sector. And many of the radio stations there run for half their time, they run on generators. So, you know, the, the, the power issues aren't unique to us. But again, you've got to start somewhere. You know, it's like a big ball of wool that's gotten all knot, knotted up. And... To, to be able to sort this out, you know, if I can use the analogy of wool again, you can either cut the wool into bits and pieces and join it up later, or you need to find an end and little by little start undoing the end and, and untangling it until you get a, 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 a situation where 
uh, you know, it's, it's a long, long piece of wood that makes sense and you can use it for what it's intended to. So, yeah, the simple answer is that the internet doesn't work well without electricity. So, at the same time, though, a lot of these devices are battery powered and they use very modest amounts of, um, of electricity. You know, so uh, yeah, a commuter is not going not gonna to use the same sort of amount of it, uh, as any other appliance for that matter. But the point is, you know, that, that is a real challenge for us, and it's a challenge for the whole of South Africa. So coming back to the schools, as you say here, and this is, you said, you say it is simply need, it simply needs a telecom line to benefit uh, from the advantages of the various open web packages. So can you expand on that a little bit, my friend? Yeah, so basically what happens is that um, wherever um, there's the telecom infrastructure to get to, um, most places in South Africa, the exchanges that, that feed them. So, for example, let's look at your house. From your house, you've got a, a telecom line that goes to the telecom exchange, and from there it goes um, to, to sort of further points along the way. And that, um, As long as that exchange is ADSL enabled or broadband enabled, you'll be able to get broadband technology uh, at, at wherever it is. So if I can use this analogy, um, telecom provide the pipe, and if it was a water system, um, Open Web would provide the water, as in the data that flows through the pipe. So that's that's really how it works. Telcom, if, if you use a plumbing system analogy again, Telcom are the pipe, and Open Web is the water that flows through the pipe. Uh, and obviously the water is the water, it's data. But um, that's really how it works. So, you know, and the minute you get onto the Internet in terms of being able to use it from a broadband perspective, well, again, you know, I'll use the example, and, and I'll use... Um, the school in the cloud, Professor Sigra Mitra, as, as an example. All children need is the ability to read, write, uh, and then type something in Google and and have a broadband connection. And in fact, it's very, it's a, it's a very, it's well worth it. If you're listening at home, go check it out on the internet. Um, the, the, his name, it's the concept's called the school in the cloud. If you just do a Google search on school in the cloud, um, it'll take you to a whole world of mind-boggling and mind-blowing information. So. Uh, there's also a, a, a talk that um, Professor Mitchell delivers on TED Talks, which is well worth looking at, because there's some real examples that he uses. For example, in India, uh, he, he had a, his area that he worked at, his office, for example, bordered on some very um, impoverished neighbors. So what he did as a social experiment is he made a hole in his back wall and he put a computer in there with a broadband connection and he left it. And what happened is uh, a couple of days, some children came by, they started playing on it, and bearing in mind that these are children whose first language isn't English, okay? okay. So not only did they overcome the language issue, but they also overcame the, the ability to, to work on the computer. So after a while, uh, he walked past and these children were doing all sorts of amazing things on the computer. And he thought, well, some older kid must have come by and showed them how. And if you go and look on the website, there's an evolution of how his, his own knowledge gets expanded by, by children themselves. And I mean, I'll give you an example of my own children. Um, I've got three children. I've got a, a son, a daughter, and a, and a son. The ages? So, the ages? Um, 11, 10, and uh, 8. Right. Okay, so these guys, they're learning. And also, during the course of, of their, their, their sort of upbringing, uh, a lot of them were schooled, homeschooled by my wife at some stage. You know, because we also had a situation where we kind of, we thought, well, you know, we really need to take responsibility for our own upbringing, so there's no better than, way to do it than sort of pushing up your sleeves and getting it done yourself and, 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 you know, doing it for yourself. So some of them were educated 
or all, in fact, all of them were educated at some stage at home. So the point I'm making, though, is my little guy, um, his reading abilities have been extended by the fact that his brother and sister paved the way for him. So it's quite interesting. They sit and they read, and um, little by little, like he, you know, his, his reading ability is way ahead of where my other children were at the same age, simply because he's exposed to them reading, and they help him along. So, uh, and this, again, it's a, it's a, a point that uh, Dr. Rudolf Steiner made many, many years ago about children learn from each other. Um, and that's, you know, it's a whole social thing that happens at schools as well. It's not only do they, is, is there the formal learning um, and teaching that happens in the classroom, but there's also the informal stuff where children learn from each other and, and things go in that way. So, in a way, you know, that opens up all kinds of possibilities for us. Tell me, uh, Ethel, will you give us the contact detail now for Open Web? You do have a website, isn't it so? That's right, yeah. It's openweb.co.za. It's on the World Wide Web, www.openweb.co.za. Um, there's links there to our products. Uh, there's, a, there's a chat portal where if you want to chat to any of the tech guys or sales guys, you chat and you can talk to them. Um, looking at the time now, they've gone home for the night, so, so you won't get anyone there. But you can pop the guys a mail or there's a, there's a, there's a number you can call, 0861 Yes, go slow with that, uh, Ethel. Just give it to me again, slowly. Okay, it's 0861. Yes. Two two. Yes. Four four. Right. Six six. I just want you to unpack something quickly for me. Is uh, something I would like to know. The packages. When it comes to the learners for a particular uh, uh, age group, uh, what about adult education? If you look at ABIT, do you have certain packages for that also? Well, the package that we the packages that we sell are, are connectivity based. You know, okay. um, and and the point is that as soon as you can get onto the internet, you can query stuff on Google, and there's a whole wealth of information that, that you can that you can pull off Google. I mean, it's uh, you know, you know just, I mean, it may be a good idea just to think what the internet is. Yes. And, and I've thought about it many times. I thought, oh, it's you know, it's servers and it's equipment and connectivity and lines and and broadband connections and all those things. And it's true, it is all those things. But if you dig a little deeper. Uh, and this is what I'd suggest and what we see internet being from an open web perspective, is the internet is in fact um, a digital representation of us humanity. So it's a digital representation representation of our psyche. And that's quite an amazing thing because everything we do gets stored on the net somewhere. And not only that, is it's indexable and it's searchable. So you know, you can search the whole concept of humanity by just doing a couple of table searches on, on Google, which is quite a profound thing to do. And, again, the Internet doesn't forget. You know, so, again, we come to a situation where uh, someone in authority may make all kinds of promises at one stage, and, um, you know, in, in the old sort of mode of things, newspapers were archived and all that kind of stuff. Uh, but now all it is is a Google search and it'll say on this and this day, this and this time, this person said this. You can't get away from that, you know. Right. But it also makes people really accountable. And that's a good thing. And Ethel, I think, I feel that uh, the internet is uh, really a researcher's dream, so there's quite a lot the youngsters will learn, not only the skill with uh, working with technology, but uh, what you are actually proposing is the paperless classroom. Correct, correct. And... Uh,
With that, Ethel, I would like to say and take the opportunity of saying, of saying thank you to you because this really was an eye opener to us. But what I, we worry about, of course, is expense and you know the uh, position of a school, the infrastructure, whether it's possible for them to do the things that you are suggesting. But uh, is there, when it comes to to expense or funding for a project like this, is there some ways where we can get some discounts well you know we we, we make up our, our packages as, as absolutely as lean as possible um, and we, you know we, we deal on, on the basis of that the more clients we get at volume so the more we sell the, the cheaper we can buy it for there's a bit of money for ourselves so we can put food on our table and at the same time we can give people a, a, a great service you know and I think in years to come mm-hmm. um, I mean I've heard this many times and I've, I've kind of dismissed it now for these people are saying but in years to come, this is what I foresee, is that broadband internet yeah. into people's houses, schools, and companies will be the same as water. Right. It's a necessity. You can't get around it. So, And that's quite a big deal, because if you think about it, our entire lives now start revolving around internet. You do internet banking, um, there's all these different things, you know. That, that now, let's say technology here, per se. Technology per se is all around us. And with these cell phones even, I mean, to download, you get a device that will be smaller and smaller. It will be easier for them to carry it around. Absolutely. Um, you know, and I, I forget the actual digital steps of it, but, uh, you know, your sort of entry-level smartphone now um, is infinitely more powerful than the, than the computer that was used to, to put the Apollo rockets into space. Right. So if you consider that a device that's in, in your hand is is more powerful than all the devices put together that put the guys up on the moon, which is quite a mind-boggling yes. piece in its own right. You know, so technology doesn't wait. But it's also interesting if you unpack that is that it's not technology. What drives technology is us, is humanity. Yeah, that's true. And the point is that is we flying up ahead at such a rate. Um, you know, our whole consciousness is expanding, and then in some ways. Um, that's, a, that's an amazing thing because quite soon all the old values that, that we've had are going to be make, have to make way for new ones and, and let's hope uh, in, in the world of the future not too far away a couple of years down the line I hope is that there's a lot more peace love and understanding for everybody Ethel let me take this opportunity of saying a big thank you to you for informing us about open web and the internet connection it really helps and if it can of course to better the quality of education within the western cape let me put it to you like that and to tease the sharks just teasing you now and uh, and to beat them hands down, I think it's a good thing. I'll encourage it, my friend. You go well. Thank you on behalf of the radio station, Voice of the Cape. Thank you very much. Thank you. God bless. Thanks for listening at home and thanks for having me in your space. Okay, bye-bye. Bye. And there you have it. It's about open web and internet and paperless classrooms. And mensen, ik weet die waar naartoe dit gaan nie. Maar nou ja, is een paar manne achter die glaskas dat naar my kyk. En ek wonne nou, as een mens nou dink aan wat gaan gebeur. Maar nou ja, die manne soos ons, die ou mense, hulle moet maar nou probeer vinnig leer. Dat so baie dinge wat so vinnig verander, dat ons that ones no net ni kan help me. But with that, we'll have to now break, and inshallah, very soon, you'll have your beloved Sheikh uh, um, Shahid Iso with you, and of course, he's got a surprise package, and I hope it's not open web tonight.